tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back, or welcome in the first place if you did not listen to the spoiler-free section. This is the spoiler version of our discussion, a spoiler cast, if you will, on Pokemon Legends Arceus. If you'd like a more general overview and our general take on the game, we did give that in the spoiler-free version of it. Suffice to say, Kyle and I are big fans. (laughs) Big, big fans. But there's just so much about this game and so many cool reveals and changes and things that Kyle and I have been talking about for weeks now together. So much so that Kyle was like, we got to record this. We got to talk about it for sure. So I'm excited to talk about specific details. Again, this is your last warning. Spoilers ahead for sure. So, Kyle, what's the first thing you kind of want to touch on? Because there's just so much here. (laughs) Uh, First thing is Pokedex size for me. This was a big one. I was skeptical when it was revealed because I was paying attention to the early releases and stuff like that because I don't care about being spoiled myself in this regard, at least. It's too small. For those who do not know, the final Pokedex size, I believe, is 243. It is the second smallest Pokedex we've ever had. And the first was Gen 1. And let's go, but we don't count that. No, that's Gen 1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was red, blue, and yellow with 151 because Gen 2 had a hun- uh, 251 mm-hmm. in every subsequent generation and so on. And I think people are not as up in arms about it now as they were for Sword and Shield because there was no expectations about this game. Well, I also think it's because it wasn't a, it's not a main series game per se, right? Yeah, but like – it's still so small. I was I would have expected some reaction, I think. I, I suppose. I suppose. So now having played it, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like the Pokedex is still too small or do you think it's just right? I, I still think it's too small. Having played it, I have not completed it yet. I'm like seven away. Mm-hmm. The forces of nature. I hate them. It's awful. <laughs> you need a thunderstorm in order to encounter thunderous. Yeah. And I Stayed in an area for like 30 in-game days and never got one. Anyways, I would have this completed and have true ending for this recording if it wasn't for that. Oh, boo, boo. (laughs) But it just feels really bad to go into the fifth zone in the game and I'm still seeing Bibberol and I'm still seeing Driftblim and Floatzel. Like, no, that is that's just ridiculous. The game needed like. 50 to 100 more Pokemon. I I would agree. But at the same time, I also feel like if they were going to do more Pokemon, I probably could have used one or two more maps, habitats in order to explore. That would have been more appropriate because I feel like so there's definitely a swamp area. I feel like it's kind of under designed to a degree. Yeah, doesn't feel that good. The thick forest area does not feel all that thick. (laughs) To me, it's more like a like a tree farm <laughs> that's it's next more to like a, a meadow. It's it's a plains, not a yeah, not a forest. Yeah. So I definitely feel like there could be more. I, th- I think there's definitely great representation as far as uh, mountains, rivers, and oceans, and some island play too. But we could probably use some other ones as well. Yeah. I just there was so much reusing of Pokemon, it just got exhausting. 
at a certain yeah. point. And yeah, like but- you see that in the main series games for sure, but a lot less than here. Yeah, it's one or two. It's not the whole returning cast of, oh, this is base normal yeah, day I, weather. You know, I'm going into the last zone and here's a Shinx evolution a Bidoof evolution a weasel evolution these are all the first four pokemon you encounter in the game like exactly yeah i I can agree that being said there is a lot of spawn um variety that's affected by a couple of factors it's weather and time of day have you seen any big significant changes in time of day that like do you have a preferred time of day now because i really like the the twilight evening time i love seeing all the ghost pokemon come yeah, out it's great that's pretty I, cool <laughs> and it's it's seamless like when it becomes night the spawns actually like literally change in front of you and that's like refreshing as all can be to actually yeah, see that really happen. yeah and the, the time of day is not relative to your real time of day like pokemon main series games are it's not tied to a clock this is an important thing to mention i didn't realize but now that i'm thinking about it definitely is but you can I, I think what's the day cycle when you're out in the map is it like an hour or two oh, hours I, I have not paid enough attention because it's probably much quicker than that actually thankfully you can go back to camp sit in the bed and tell it exactly what time you want to be and there's no downside or negative to doing this have you well you you there's a positive you change the time but also you heal right yep have you stayed out on the map long enough to see a full cycle yeah i mean i I definitely have at some point okay not enough to keep track of it though there's nothing quite like the end of the evening you watch the sun come up and then you're like oh am i safe yet is it daytime (laughs) and then you're like oh all the ghosts just disappeared and the you know the starlies showed back up so we're all Mm -hmm. good now that's a cool experience that said it felt a little bit underutilized in that there's only, you know, a handful of Pokemon that actually need to be caught at night or need to be caught during the day. And I think that for how robust the system actually was, it could have been used more. True, especially with the Pokedex entries. A lot of the ghosts are caught at night already, but mm-hmm. it would have been cool to see some others that, uh, you know, would be rarer at night to catch. You know, like uh, one of the maps that has Bidoof actually the Bidoof go to like a, they go to like a clearing and all hang out and sleep or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that would be cool. That'd be cool for sure. But while we're talking about Pokemon, I realized that we did a big miss on the first one, but I'm going to pretend like it's because we didn't want to talk about spoilers to a degree, which starter Kyle, did you and I start with? Uh, I took Cyndaquil. So did I. No one who listens to our show needs to ask Chris that one. No, <laughs> but if you know anything about, legends Arceus already you know why i took it so <laughs> but the yes. starters all have hisuian forms and the one for decidueye is really ugly <laughs> even though i love decidueye's base form so i've seen some like fan art and concept art of hisuian decidueye and i think it looks good i think the modeling game does not look that great yeah i don't think the idea that they're trying to execute uh came through that being said, Hisuian Typhlosion both is and isn't the justice that I wanted Typhlosion to have. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's, cool. It, it gets ghost typing. The flames are purple and pinkish and awesome and flary, and it looks really good. The, the in, Infernal Parade, that the new move is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. But 
without his flames on he looks dopey it it suffers the exact same problem that regular typhlosion has suffered since the move to 3d and it's actually made worse because his Syrian typhlosion has very heavy lidded eyes and it just looks like he's not even aware of his surroundings when he doesn't have the flames out right yeah he looks a little otherwise mentally preoccupied let's just say um, which I identify with, you know, hey, I'm a space case from time to time. Me and that Typhlosion just hanging out, you know, on the map. It's it's midnight and we're like, hey, look at that. Look at that tentacle over there. That's cool. And <laughs> and just to give it some representation, Samurott is just boring. Like no offense meant, but for an alternative form, they really didn't go for a lot of anything. With. yeah i've definitely seen a lot of love for it but the more and more i see of it the less i'm like oh that's special i'm just like oh that's samurai isn't it yeah, it's just samurai but dark like it's like samurai adjacent in the way that ash greninja is greninja adjacent yeah you know it's a little bit of a change sort of. but it's like whatever yeah yeah so what were the typings with all of the hisuian evolutions just so we can kind of get it out there uh it's typhlosion's ghost fire Decidueye is grass fighting and Samrat is water dark. Sure is. Sure all, is. All great typings. Don't don't get me wrong. Just not great designs at all. So this is definitely a spoiler, but I have a question for you. If you didn't realize, while I know the answer to many of these questions I keep posing, I'm pretending to be somebody who doesn't know. <laughs> so I hope people are picking up on that. Kyle, I picked Cyndaquil. Do I need to find somebody else to trade with in order to get my Oshawott and a Rowlet to finish my Pokedex like I would have in other main series games? The answer is a resounding no, you don't. For two reasons, actually. One, as soon as you roll credits in this game, if you go talk to the professor, Professor Levin, he just gives you the other two. Just straight up, hey, you see these two that are chilling in the room here? You want to take them on an adventure too? And then they're just yours. (laughs) You don't have to do anything else. Yep. But also, there is another feature that we're going to talk about in just a little bit that has a chance of spawning them in the wild. And you can just catch more of them. So there are ways to get shinies for these Pokemon, too. I feel like that's a great segue into that feature in particular. So let's just talk about Pokemon acquisition in general. The Pokedex is small, but it is not without its corners of rarity for sure. And we're not even talking strictly legendaries or mythicals or anything like that. There are Pokemon that you can encounter multiple copies of, but the nature of of how you do it is a little bit different. Kyle's done a lot more work with this than I have this particular feature. And by that, I mean, he's banged his head against his (laughs) desk for hours trying to figure this out. So, I would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't ask you. I don't want to steal your spotlight. So you unlock a feature when you get to star rank three. We didn't talk about the star ranks because they're not really that important. But the more you catch Pokemon, the higher ranks you get. And that's that's kind of about it. Not much else to say there. You unlock space time distortions, which are giant spheres that appear in the map. And they give you a warning they're there. And then after, I believe it's three minutes from the warning, they activate. And inside them, groups of Pokemon periodically spawn. I believe the timer's for five minutes, but I could be wrong there. I haven't bothered to actually time that one. And there are unique Pokemon to these rifts. The Hisuian starters are some of them. The fossils are some more. 
and synthetic Pokemon are also in there too. So it makes sense why Porygon and Magnemite are in this Pokedex. Caesar as well. Yep. Caesar, uh, Steelix can spawn. It's, I'm pretty sure almost every Pokemon has a Rift they can spawn. And the Rifts have different spawns per map. So if you go to the map, you'll get different spawns there. <laughs> I keep getting an Eevee with its two Ursarang bodyguards that just yeah. run at me. <laughs> so uh, talk briefly about getting them. It's not an exact science. It's very frustrating because this content is actually very compelling in terms of endgame hunting. But there's no way to make them happen. Mm-hmm. As far as I can understand, as far as I've seen other players understand, it's purely time-based. The longer you play in a zone, the more chances you have of it spawning. The most solid answer I have is every 10 minutes, there's a chance that it spawns. And I ended up waiting like two hours to get my last rift to get the fossil Pokemon I needed for my Pokedex. It was a nightmare. But the rifts are very hard. If you're not prepared, it's very difficult because the Pokemon are all aggressive, so you can't sneak up on them to throw Pokeballs. Well, but you can't. I mean, you, you can. It's possible. But mm-hmm. if you get discovered, you're suddenly running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to get back into the tall grass. Tall grass is your friend in this game. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's weird how that, that works. That said, I didn't talk about this earlier in the graphics. I'm just going to throw it in here. There's not enough tall grass in the game. <laughs> Never thought you'd say that about a Pokemon game. huh? No, there, there's not enough. And then also when I'm hiding in it, it, it's very clear that I'm standing there. So can we make me just a little bit transparent or something? Yeah, yeah. To indicate that I'm hiding. <laughs> make, the, make it a little bit thick. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's not enough. There's so many Pokemon that spawn that you need to sneak up on because they're really aggressive. And there's no grass. There's no bushes, no anything. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because you're actually hitting on something that I meant to talk about earlier. There's kind of two ways to go about catching. You can throw a Pokemon into battle and battle it traditionally and then catch it in combat. Or you can do what I do and and try to catch a Pokemon outside of combat, no matter what the cost. And there's a bunch of really great stealth mechanics involved with that. Like we said before, backstabbing, running away from a Pokemon, hiding in tall grass until it loses interest and sneaking back up on it and things like that. Kyle is definitely a battle catcher. And I'm an overworld catcher. It's almost like two different experiences, like two different worlds. It's pretty wild. That that said, I will definitely catch in the overworld at all costs just because it's so much faster. Yeah. But if you get caught, you just throw a Pokemon in, right? Yes. Unless I don't want to deal with the Pokemon. Like if I – okay. I always In the rifts, for example, (laughs) unless I want to catch that Pokemon, I'm just running. Yeah. The rifts also spawn a bunch of – red green and blue shards and star pieces and stardust so rift farming is a good way to grind currency in the game which adds up because we didn't talk about it but you can expand your bags in this game and it's very 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 expensive to max it out it's extremely expensive it's it's extortion it's the the guy is extorting you dumbly (laughs) expensive for sure but the rifts are great content they needed a distortion orb or something that you could buy like you can in Sword and Shield to force a raid to happen. They they mm-hmm. needed that mechanic. I would agree. I think it's a great 
thing in place of standard like raid setup that they've been going with for sure. It fits with the new mechanics, seems true to the game and the flavor of the game, you know, instead of just like a cop out. Oh, yeah, walk over to this rock and talk to it. Oh, watch out. There's a big Steelix in there. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's better than that for sure. But while we're talking about specific overworld map sort of events, why don't we also talk about mass outbreaks a bit? Because I think I like mass outbreaks better than space time rifts. Can you kind of explain what a mass outbreak is to the folks at home, Kyle? So there are another overworld event that happens unlocked at two-star rank, I believe. I think so, yeah. And there's just a chance that every time you go back to Jubilife Town and go back out, the dude will say, hey, there's a mass outbreak happening. And it'll put a picture of the Pokemon on the zone. You go there. The zone has a marker for exactly where those Pokemon are spawning. You go there and the game will throw like a dozen of that Pokemon at you. And if you are stealthy, you can literally just peg them with Pokeballs and catch all 12 in like two minutes if you're really good. Yep. Or if you're like me, you aggro them immediately and you spend 10 minutes trying to run around and drop <laughs> aggro and you end up just fighting them and KOing them instead. Are you using stealth spray or no? No. The, oh, you that's mean your the, problem. They you give mean you the, items. the smoke bombs? No, there's smoke bombs and there's stealth spray. I don't know what the stealth spray is. What's this? What? You spray it and it makes it so that Pokemon will notice you less. You can get like a third closer. No, I don't know what this is. Kyle, you're blowing my mind. Man, <laughs> I, no wonder. Um, <laughs> after we're done here, I'm going to go open my my game and check my storage to see if I have like 200 stealth spray, stealth spray <laughs> just sitting there. They do a good job of dropping it. It's it's like one of those out of the crates that you see that have like items in it. You get stealth <laughs> oh, no, sprays I'm going to have to go bombs. look. But yeah, I know that smoke bombs especially are also really good for outbreaks and distortions. Yeah. But... The mass outbreaks are great because they just are one specific Pokemon. A Pikachu outbreak, you catch a dozen Pikachu. Gibble outbreak, catch a dozen Gibble. It's it's good. There's also another hidden benefit where uh, reportedly the shiny rate seems to be higher with these as well. And I, I see that you have some math put out here on the notes. I'm just going to take a big old step back. <laughs> <laughs> so the shiny rates for outbreaks are massively boosted. Just by default, I think it's like one in 150. It's like being in Go during an event or something like that. That's where I've gotten all the shinies. out. All of the two that I've gotten so far have both been oh, from mass uh, outbreaks. I have gotten three. One was from a mass outbreak. It was a it was a gibble. So it's going to stay a gibble forever because so mad at you because shiny Garchomp is still terrible. Yeah. The other two were overworld shinies that were just really lucky. What were they? What'd you get? Uh, Dust Ox and Apom. Ooh, dust stocks. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, the dust stocks is, is good. I like yeah, my two are uh, Yen Mega, which I'm very thrilled about. Yeah. And Chimeco, which I could care less about, but it's a good I, looking shiny with the yellow. Yeah, I, I call it a shiny Chimeco in X and Y full odds. It was. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's the second. The old, before this game, it was the second ever shiny I'd ever gotten. Not counting go. Does Chimeco actually have any play or no? I don't think so, but okay. I'm definitely the wrong person to ask, unfortunately. That's a question for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But about shiny rates, these are all very general numbers because I didn't want to get super specific about it. It has standard shiny rates. It's like one in 4,000, one in 4,082, whatever that number actually is. There's a shiny charm in the game. 
that gives you a plus one. So it's now two in 4,000, also known as one in 2,000. But completing the Pokedex gives you a plus one as well. So if you do 10 tasks on a specific Pokemon's page, you get a Pokeball on your Pokedex, and that counts as completed. And so if you have that completed, you have the Shiny Charm, and you encounter it in the overworld, it has a 1 in 1,000 chance of being shiny. Ooh, that's not bad. If you perfect its in its entry, that's another plus 1. And perfect is complete every single challenge on the entire card. Some of those are very, very grindy. It's like use a strong style move 75 times. Catch 25. Yeah, catch 25, defeat 10 it's yeah use agile style on one of these moves 20 times but it only has 10 pp so you have to heal it four times (laughs) wordier (laughs) yeah wordier (laughs) and that gives another plus one so just with all of the work done it's like a one in 850 chance of an overworld being shiny it's like it's one of the best odds you have in any pokemon game that's not go but if you take all of this and then you go into a mass outbreak, you have about a 1 in 120 chance of a shiny. So it's it's arguably the easiest game for Pokemon to get a shiny in, especially one you're specifically going for. Yeah, because if like it doesn't spawn and it's 1 in 120, that's like a 10% kind of. Yeah, it's, it's some like 8.5% if you, yeah. if you encounter all of them. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And there are ways of resetting your outbreaks to get more chances. Or if you find a shiny of one Pokemon during an outbreak, you can reset the outbreak to a different outbreak. And that will still be shiny, sort of like when a, an event turns over and go. But there are videos on that on YouTube that I have not watched because I have no desire to at all. No, no, I don't want to know how to do that either. But it is a lot of people about like resetting things and like where to save and, you know, all that sort of stuff. The usual fare. So if that is your flavor of gameplay, you can do that with this game for sure. One thing I want to talk about, though, now that we've kind of covered Chinese and overworld stuff really quick, there's an aspect of this game that is very unique that I was so over the moon about. And it's boss battles and not in a traditional sense in a very unique to Pokemon. Like this is the first time I've ever seen anything like this in Pokemon sort of way. And that was in the form of the nobles. Now I think the big noble that was shown everywhere was Cleavor, Scyther's new evolution, which is awesome, but there's actually several of them and I'm going to list them off for you really quick. Uh, the first one was Cleavor, Lord of the woods from the obsidian field lands evolution of Scyther. Then the next one from crimson Mire lands is Lady of the Bridge, Lilligant. That was a really cool fight. Then from the Cobalt Coastlands was a Hisuian Arcanine, Lord of the Isles. Kyle maintains that it looks much cooler as a noble Pokemon than it does normally. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Next up is from the Coronet Highlands, and that is Electrode, Lord of the Hollow. Love it. <laughs> that fight was really fun. And then lastly, from the Alabaster Icelands is Avalug, Lord of the Tundra. Now, each of these had a you by yourself on your two feet sort of element to it. In addition to actually, you didn't even have to. You could choose to throw a Pokemon in to battle it at certain points in the fight. But if you didn't, you could just kind of do the the other stuff instead. 
What other stuff, you might be asking? How could you fight a boss Pokemon without battling it? Well, you throw you throw drugs at it, essentially. Yeah. Bags of incense to calm it down because each yeah. of them are enraged to some degree. Each of these nobles are nobles because they represent or are important to an area and its related culture. But Kyle, do you have a good way of kind of explaining what sort of encounters these are? Cause I can't think of a smart way to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a boss arena, I guess is the simplest way, but you have an attack as the trainer <laughs> and that's, that's kind of it. They have a, they have a health bar two health mm-hmm. bars technically because there's one in the overworld and then one in a pokemon battle yep and that's it they have an attack pattern you have a dodge roll in this game so you can use it it has invulnerability frames so you can avoid damage and that's about it and i think chris is a little bit more positive on these than i am so oh yeah i just it's a lot of telegraphed aoe's you got to run around you gotta learn the, the the pattern can i go in and throw some more bags of balm or do i have to wait and stuff like that i love it i thought it was really refreshing did you not enjoy it i thought it was okay at best i think it was a major problem to not require you to battle it with your pokemon it's actually probably harder to do the nobles battling with your pokemon than it is to just throw the bombs at them yes and that's a problem (laughs) is it though when it's about calming them down and not necessarily combating them well it, it might not be a problem narratively but it's a problem mechanically why is it a problem mechanically because throwing the bombs is boring is it though yes like during the is. electrode fight there's like bombs blowing up all over yeah, the place no, no. you have to kind of keep running the, te- the telegraphed attacks are great i play a lot of monster hunter i i love that kind of stuff but the actual aspect of interacting with the pokemon is not and obviously okay. you only have one button to dodge so it's it's not exactly a rocket science the battles are not very difficult i only lost twice in all five battles and it was because you were once impatient. Was because of a very <laughs> complete misunderstanding against Arcanine. I didn't understand what was happening. And the other one was I completely just misread the tells for the Avalug. So, yeah, anytime I failed these, it was because I was impatient and wanted to throw more balm or something like that. Um, yeah, I think Electro took me like two or three tries. Avalug was the first try. A couple of them were difficult, but it's not even just the nobles. There's also battles for D- uh, Dialga and Palkia as well. Yep. They they do treat those as noble fights where you throw bombs at them. So Yeah, it's a good time. Those ones are difficult. I really enjoyed the Palkia one <laughs> quite a I bit. Just, I, I don't agree in, in this aspect at all. I, I love the idea that was behind it, but I don't think it was executed very well. Sure. In any sure. capacity. Fair enough. Fair if they enough. weren't giant and gold, I probably will not would not remember them six months from now. But the fact that they were like bright gold, I'm gonna remember that. They so. were struck by lightning, Kyle. They were charged yeah. with the light of time control or whatever (laughs) whatever i'll get the true ending maybe next week and see if it has a reason (laughs) yeah yeah i'm to come back and be like actually what we thought we knew was all wrong (laughs) yeah like a big revelation scientific reveal or something okay i think the only couple of things we have left to talk about are just some item changes and general battling we talked about the lords and stuff like that sorry the nobles actually lords not 
too far off. We talked about the nobles and we talked about other battles, but how is like trainer battles? How is that? First of all, I suppose really quick, it would be it would be pertinent to mention that you this is back in time. Obviously, this is ancient Sinnoh, right? You're <laughs> debatable if we're going to talk about spoilers right now it might not be back in time it might just be an alternate universe okay that's possible too in any event (laughs) right in any case the people of this universe timeline whatever they're terrified of pokemon they are scared and rightfully so you spend any time harassing some of these pokemon out in the wild and you'll see they will come for you Absolutely. They will take your lunch money, some of these Pokemon. <laughs> and it's so interesting because you show up and you're like, it's they're just Pokemon. Like, who cares? Yeah, yes, sure. Throw, I'll throw a Pokeball at what I'll are you guys talk doing? To them. That's fine. Yeah, but everybody's terrified. Yeah, it's except great. for a few people. It's it's the appropriate reaction to Pokemon existing, by the way. Yes. Yes, that was the thing. I was like, wow, these people are acting rationally. Yeah, there's giant monsters outside and you want to keep them out there and not in here. Of course, don't invite them in if they're in a ball or otherwise. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. But now that we've kind of talked about that, there are Pokemon trainers and trainer battles because there's people that are like wardens. There are people that are village leaders and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about trainer battles trainer battles exist in the game i definitely was going into it expecting very few almost none yeah so there was more than i thought but at the same time not enough like even narratively where they're trying to push you away from the trainer battles i don't think the rest of the game makes up for it because wild pokemon are just too easy because of the agile and strong system And some of the trainer battles are really good. Some of them are very hard. I got absolutely bodied by the final boss probably like six or seven times. Yeah. But again, if you listen to the the spoiler-free version, it was because of battle mechanics, not necessarily something I could have controlled besides completely changing my entire team. Oh, you're being modest. It's because you're bad. I mean, no. (laughs) Every single – look, it was hilariously like clockwork. I would one-shot the Pokemon they had out there. They would switch to a new Pokemon. And then before I got a chance to react, they would one-shot my Pokemon. Yeah, I had the same encounter with the, this particular trainer. Uh, Your best bet is to is to preemptively match up positively to the first one so you get one up. And then yeah, that's hopefully exactly your, your last did. Pokemon is good enough to deal with all of the junk that happens right after that, yeah. too. Because it's then, ridiculous. No, no, no. Because we're going to talk about this for just a second. Because this last fight is so unfair. It's it the is. most unfair fight in all of Pokemon. It is. And I, I will stand by this. What? Like twice. Because <laughs> you fight the final boss who is the champion of the region. Not really, but it's supposed to be. And then immediately after, no healing, no pause in combat, no adjusting your team, you fight Giratina. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, that's hard. Okay, let's do it. And then you beat Giratina. And then it has a second health bar because it changes into Giratina origin form. (laughs) And then you have to fight it again. It also bears mentioning that most trainers in this game have like one or two Pokemon. Yes. And this trainer has six. Yeah. It's, Breaks it's the a mold. big dispar- departure. So, so arguably this trainer actually has eight Pokemon. Two of them are legendaries. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's scurry. It, it was is. it was very scary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
Oh my god. But on that note, a lot of trainers do have like three Pokemon. The problem is it's like, you know, they don't know how to battle Pokemon because it's not in a world where that's a regulated, it's not regulated. Sport. Yeah. So they'll just throw out all three against you. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? And then you actually look at what they put against you, and it's one level 65 and two level 30s. And you're like, oh, well, then now I actually don't have to care. Yeah. They never turn on EXP share. One of the things I don't like about it, though, is that they don't let you throw out multiple of your own. Yeah. they. I wouldn't feel so bad about that if I had Surf or Earthquake or like yeah. anything that I could actually like show them that I'm smarter than them, that their multiple Pokemon is not actually better yeah. without strategy or something. But it just felt like you're just at a disadvantage. Just deal with it kind of thing. I think that's right. And I mean, it's, you know, we don't have AOE moves for sure. I wonder if it's because they would just show up weird. Like in the map, it would make sense for you to like summon a tidal wave and then it's just gone because you yeah, fight in like, the overworld. You, know? you can make something directional in the same way a hyper beam is. Just have the surf start from the front of the Gyarados instead of like have it ride in like it would in a, a main series game. That's true. You could like you the, could do it. I get the argument though. It is it is a fair one in that it's supposed you're technically standing right next to your Pokemon. Right. And so he's like, Earthquake, and you're like, no, and he just die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it's a fun feature. If you are standing next to a Pokemon when it uses a move, you will get hit by it. It will yeah. knock you down, even when you're in a turn based battle. I think that might be, no joke, one of my favorite things. It's it's so fun. The first time it happened by accident, I was very confused. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, really? Okay. All right, I'll give my Pokemon some space. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, <laughs> Which oh, is a, a very important up. lesson to learn. But it's also just a great note worth mentioning here. In a battle, you can run away. Like, have your trainer, your Pokemon fight, select your move, and then just start walking. The fight will finish without you. It's great. Yep, 100%. One thing that's also really cool is that if all of your Pokemon lose all of their health, you can be like, all right, I'm out, and then just, like, run, run yeah. away. And you, you still have your mounts, too. So Yeah, you don't black out or anything or white out or whatever we're doing nowadays. It, it <laughs> You're just like, all right, cool, put your hands in your pockets and just sprint. You know, like, <laughs> it's wonderful. It's really just, it's refreshing. Yeah. This is a great point though talking about all sorts of pokemon in the world reacting to pokemon to talk about side quests there are side quests in this game that are like actually tagged with indicators on the map telling you to go talk to people versus having to find the random person standing inside one house who wants you to find the one person who's gotten lost in the woods except they don't ever remind you about it so when you take a two-hour break from your game you no longer remember that quest and you just go on i'm sorry yeah that's very oddly specific (laughs) No, you know what that is? That's you having played like double digit amount of MMOs. (laughs) (laughs) But the quests are so good. They're so simple. Nothing is is very complicated. There's a there's a couple of complicated ones. The weasel one. Yeah, (laughs) I got really lucky on the weasel one. I hate you, man. I still haven't found one. I still haven't found one. Oh, oh my God. Nope. (laughs) It's the worst. It's the worst. There's a quest. Pokemon have different sizes in this game, and there's a quest where a guy wants you to find a large weasel. But large in the Pokedex and the overworld is 2.7 meters, and large for the quest definition is 2.8 meters. Yeah. And so it's not easy to find. Oh, we should also mention really quick that those sizes are reflective when you throw the Pokemon model out. So if you have a small weasel and a tall weasel, 
<laughs> sorry, a small weasel and a big weasel in your inventory, your Pokemon team, you throw them both out, which you can. You can actually throw all six out to hang out with you in the map in a small area at once. It's really cool. They will actually be different heights. And alpha Pokemon are like twice as big as regular Yeah, the Pokemon. alpha Pokemon are great. The Gengar is like nine feet tall. Yeah. And it's just the alpha Pokemon are one of my favorite things because of the size. I'm I'm just so happy. Whoever it was, they're like, yeah, when you catch it, it's going to shrink down. You can and you can, you know, keep it and it'll have really good stats and stuff like that. And someone's like, what if we don't make them smaller when they catch them? Yeah, it's great. Like that would be cool. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. And guess what? It's really it's cool. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. And you can catch every Pokemon as an alpha. It's just worth mm-hmm. mentioning. Some are fixed spawns and others are a random chance whenever it spawns in the overworld it can be an alpha so you may just be walking along and see a giant worm pull over there and you're like what what's the least inspiring alpha pokemon you've caught to date i uh, i mean it's probably the worm pull okay yeah i've got you beat you ready okay what'd you catch <laughs> a male combi <laughs> oh man there's, there's so many male combi everywhere <laughs> I know. I know. I saw a female Comey the other day and I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I already have an alpha Vespa Queen too, but I wanted the I wanted a female Comey just just for that feeling. But you know? uh on the topic of the side quest, because it I really liked it, all of them are about building relationship with Pokemon. Almost all of them. All of the trainers, all of the people in town are like I don't know anything about this, but it, it looks kind of neat or it's very scary. And the quest is show them a completed Pokedex of this Pokemon or show them the Pokemon. Yeah. And you show it to them and they're like, oh, it's actually not that scary. Oh, I understand it now. And then some Pokemon will just stay with the trainer in the world. And as you complete your quests, Jubilife Town has more Pokemon in it that just stay there forever. And it actually feels like you're bringing your experience from your alternate reality into this one and having everyone understand Pokemon better. And it's, it's great. There's a farm that you can expand over time by doing some quests and you bring them Pokemon of this particular typing to help them farm. And that's a pretty cool one. But as far as the side quests that you were talking about in particular, are you talking about the, the, the dad with the, the kid who loves ghosts and he's worried about him? Have you gotten to that one yet? I don't know. I don't remember all the side quests in particular, but okay. just just in general, like the first time you catch a Mr. Mime, a Mr. Yeah. Mime shows up in town and this dude's like terrified of him. So you have to go <laughs> chase him down. But the Mr. Mime puts up puts up invisible walls. So you kind of have to navigate a maze. And then afterwards, the dude's like, oh, wait, he could actually maybe help with construction of building walls around here. Yeah. And, and then guarding the town just, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's just next to the town gate. For the rest of the game it's really cool and yeah. of course the the wormpool quest right at the very start has won everybody's heart oh my gosh it's oh it's my one gosh. Of the greatest moments in the whole game yeah <laughs> beautisha forever yep. team beautisha. beautisha that's yeah. what i got but, but just to kind of drive home that 
that son, uh, the father with the son who likes ghosts thing. There's this one quest where you have to go get a kid who's hanging out with a drifloon. He's like, I want to go oh, home that, with a drifloon and let me go that. home. So then there's more quests after that because his dad is the, the kid loves ghost Pokemon, right? fearless about ghost pokemon he's like i'm gonna go play with some ghosts after dark whatever and the dad is like oh he wants me to go ghost hunting with him but i'm terrified so i don't know what to do so you have to go get like a ghastly pokedex entry and bring it back and he's like oh they eat mushrooms oh that's not too scary they're kind of like me i love mushrooms and so he's like oh i know my kid will be safe like it they're ghosts but they're not i mean they're fine you know he'll be okay and i was like Um, oh yeah this is i don't think i've done the the follow-ups i've done the driftloon quest I have what? done so many side quests. I bet you've played more than me, but I bet I've done more side quests than you. Probably. I was yeah. starting to complete those, and I'm like, hang on, I need to complete the Pokedex. But, yeah, that's fair enough. We we have different priorities. But um, <laughs> that Drifloon quest is a great example of why I love the writing. Not mm-hmm. like literally the word-to-word writing, but the actual overarching stories being told. Because every quest about a specific Pokemon deals with that Pokemon's Pokedex entry. If you know enough about Pokemon already and you know its previous games and entries, you'll know that like, oh, there is a kid holding the arms of a Drifloon at night. And everyone knows what that Drifloon is trying to do. Drifloon is trying to do. Right. Right. And it's great. And there's another one where there's like Bidoof running around town. And in Bidoof's entries in other games, it's like Bidoof's like to run around towns and cause havoc. And and other entries like that that you yeah, saw. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. At least Pokemon have personalities, and they do a really good job of world building around it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also really loved my experience with all of that stuff. In particular, I like because when you give people Pokemon, right? They're like, "Oh, I'm looking for a ground type to help me farm, whatever the case might be." You leave that Pokemon with them, but if you leave them an Alpha they still keep their size like they would if they were in your team. Mm-hmm. So there's one guy who wants a Parasect for, because he loves mushrooms. And if you get him an Alpha Parasect, <laughs> it barely fits in his room. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. And also, if you give them a Shiny, it stays Shiny in the overworld. So that Shiny Pokemon is there for the rest of your game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that kind of leaves, oddly, just one thing left. We haven't really talked about items and things like that and how they work. Kyle briefly touched on it in the spoiler-free section. But a lot of the items that you know and love have shown up in this game as well. And some new items have been shown as well, also including my favorite item. Uh, Kyle, before we talk about anything, do you have a favorite new item? I don't think so. I I like the feather balls and the, the three yeah. types of feather balls. That's mine too. Feathered uh, wing and jet balls are my favorite thing. They're great. They'll never, they'll never see the light of day in other Pokemon no. games. That said, this is a fantastic time to talk about them because I have a great story with Chris in it. Um, and apparently I am not alone in this. It is a common occurrence with many people. There's regular Pokeballs and you just, you throw them. They throw like, like you're throwing a tennis ball or something, maybe a little bit heavier than a tennis ball. There's heavy balls, which are much heavier, and you throw them, it kind of just like throwing a shot put. It like just drops straight down. (laughs) But it has a higher chance of catching Pokemon that are not aware. And then there's the feather balls. And those fly farther. They are like the sniper of a Pokeball. But in the description, it is very explicit about saying it's good against flying Pokemon. So for the first like four hours of the game, I just didn't use them at all 
Because I'm like, I'm not <laughs> catching a flying type. What am I doing? Why they don't would I mean do this? flying type. They mean Pokemon that are physically flying yeah, I, above I you. I know this. Look, the game did not explain it. It didn't say well. flying type. It would say flying type. But the point doesn't matter. The point is, even if it was said flying Pokemon, I'm catching a Bidoof. Why am I throwing a flying Pokemon Pokeball at it? Because you can do it from further away with greater accuracy. But I, I didn't know that until I threw the first one. <laughs> And I know I'm not yeah. the only one because I was listening to It's Super Effective and someone on there knew someone who had it happen too. So okay, okay. I guarantee you there's other people. The game does All not right. adequately explain some things. And that's Validation. Sure. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but those are my favorite new items for sure. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, Kyle, was how did they handle – because there is trading in this game. But how mm-hmm. do they handle like trading evolutions or held item evolutions and things like that? This is great because while there is trading, you don't have to trade for any dex completion. I mentioned it in the spoiler free section, but you gather other trainers lost items and you'll get merit points for them and you can use those to buy evolution items. Those are like the elemental stones, but there's also a new item called a link cable. Praise Arceus, by the way, for that Mm -hmm. existing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it does exactly what you think it is. Use it on a haunter, it becomes a Gengar. Use Nana Kadabra, it becomes an Alakazam. This is the first playthrough of Pokemon I've ever played where I got to use a Gengar on my main team for the story. Oh, yeah. For you, I bet that's incredible, right? I've never had that problem. It was Mm. great. Yeah. But it's always like, it's always something from having a Machamp. Yeah. I I also used a Machamp. I was like, I got the opportunity. It's happening. (laughs) My Machamp is like level 96 right now. It's the only Pokemon I'm using. Nice. It's like go all over again. What's he got? I mean, nothing, nothing special. Uh, Close combat, mock punch, bulk up, which I don't ever use. And a ground type move that I don't remember. I think it's bulldoze. Bulldoze. Yeah, everything has bulldoze. (laughs) Everything. No, 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 no. Everything in this game has double edge. Everything. That's true. Has double edge. It does. (laughs) It does so much. You, no, but you're like, all right, I'm going to hit you once and then I'm going to catch you. And you get them to like the yellow and then they double edge on their first turn and it kills themselves because you did 70% of the damage. It's every fight. I've been trying to farm rufflets because I want the shiny really bad. And let me tell you, those guys are like an enemy. Brave bird. <laughs> every time. It's awful. I'm there with you. They they know double edge and brave bird, by the oh way. God. Isn't that funny? Uh, it's ridiculous. But there's also all of the other required held items that used to be trading the uh, steel coat, the whatever the armor plating is for Rhyperior, Magmarizer, elect- yeah. Magmarizer Electri- Electrolyzer, the new one for Cleavor. You can buy them all. It takes a little bit of grinding. You can also get some of them for free. Black Augurite. Black Augurite. You know what, Cleavor? Mm-hmm. You look great, but you didn't need your own item. i like it i think he's okay no that vendor is a perfect example of why we don't need so many items why does steel coat exist for two pokemon why no come on just have it evolve when it learns a steel move like like eevee or something like that yeah that makes sense to me it it works for the first generation it's added and then never again. Yeah, to make it fun and difficult yeah, to unique. get. And you're like, yeah, you feel like you've accomplished something. Uh, I remember my first Caesar. Yeah. But I think this is a great opportunity to talk about something real briefly. 
in the terms of held items in that there are none in this game. They've simplified a lot of stuff for ease of access. You could argue that the combat in the game is simplified as well. And as such, that means no held items. And that's not that big a deal to me. And it makes sense thematically. Why would a Pokemon know to hold an item to use it? Although I think berries would have been pretty sufficient. It makes sense why there's no choice specs and stuff like that. One thing that they simplified that I don't think makes any sense is no abilities. And everybody in Go knows how I feel about abilities. Yeah. But it's like, why why don't Pokemon know abilities? They they exist in the wild. Why wouldn't they? haven't they? been invented yet. I mean, but they don't. Are you telling me that Pokemon have other types of evolution besides standard? They no. evolve to have abilities. No, but, but, you know, it begs the question, what happened to styles? Yeah. Yeah. We'll never see them again. I can guarantee you. But <sighs> maybe in another Legends. Maybe. Game, but. but yeah, I'm I'm kind of salty about there not being any abilities because I think yeah. abilities, especially in a game where you're catching multiple Pokemon. So you're more likely to actually try and find another ability. Yeah, I'm, I'm upset that I can't ride Basket Legion of a waterfall. That's what I'm yeah. stuck on. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> fair, too. That's the thing that I'm definitely stuck it makes, on. It sure. makes climbing the few waterfalls in the game an absolute pain because you have to do it with the braviary, as I mentioned earlier. Well, up, stop up, stop up. Stop. Sneasler straight up a wall if you're not getting caught on stuff is actually pretty quick. Yeah, it's not faster, though. I, yeah. I timed it. Yeah. It's it's just you timed it. You madman. I had to do a lot of it. OK, uh huh. Okay. I collected all of those wisps. I thought I was going to go crazy. <laughs> there is a quest to collect yeah. 107 wisps for a spirit. 109? 107. 107. OK, because uh, uh, spoiler, the little girl who gives you the quest is the 808th wisp because spirit tomb is 108 spirits so oh wait does this spirit tomb kill her no no she is the wisp like oh she is a ghost you go to the keystone that's that's in cornet highlands when you Mm -hmm. have 107 she goes with you and then she's like check out this keystone at night and then she's standing behind you you turn to look at the keystone and then you turn back and it's just a wisp oh and then you pick it up and then you turn around again and spirit tombs there so (laughs) Does Spiritomb show up in the overworld after that? No, there's only one. So you'd have to shiny. You'd have to save that if you want a shiny. I believe so. I don't I don't know what the deal is, but there is. I'm pretty sure you can only encounter the one Spiritomb in this game. Okay. Just like all the legendaries. I guess you'd have to soft reset for legendaries, too. I think several of them are are shiny locked. I saw a comprehensive list a while ago, but it included a lot of legendaries. But I don't believe Spiritomb was on there. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I, I kind of want to talk about really quick, just honestly, this is the last thing before our final thoughts so we can get out of here is let's talk about the Hisuian evolutions. And I don't necessarily want to talk about the forms because that would include the Dialga and Palkia forms, which I think we can both agree not look that great. Palkia's is better than Dialga's, but that's because Dialga's looks like absolute garbage. Uh, I don't necessarily agree. What? I, I, really? I think Dialga looks better. 
I think Palkia looks so much better. No, it's got Palkia's that Palkia's like got look. the really giant shoulders going on. It doesn't look like it fits on the tiny legs. Oh, it looks like a it looks like a centaur to me. I think it looks great. I think it's but it doesn't have any arms. So what? But Palkia has arms. It should have kept the arms and then it would have been great. But as yeah. it stands, I think Dialga was already a four-legged Pokémon and it's just a weird four-legged Pokémon now. It's really sharp. Yeah, very sharp. Sure. But that's anyways, that's beside the point. Yeah, so uh, there are um there are a bunch of featured evolutions for sure. There is the Cleavor, there is Ursaluna, which is a Ursa Ring option like from Teddy Ursa. There is the Braviary evolution. There is the Sneasel evolution for Sneasler. There's Basculegion. It's Basculegion for Basculin. There's Electrode. Well, there's Electrode Voltorb. is its own form altogether, I suppose, because of its Pokemon as well. But let's let's throw Electrode in there as well. What um, else am I missing? Oh, Wordier. Wordier. Lili- does is Lady form Lilligant's Hisuian? Yeah, yeah. It's very different. Very, very different. Okay, look, well, then, yes. The, the Lady form Lilligant as well. So which one um, is your favorite? Which one's your least favorite? What do we miss? Does Avalog count? Avalog's very different from Avalog, Avalog. does count. Yes, that's yeah. a good point. It is a different form for sure. Um, I mean, Arcanine is also technically a different form, but I don't think it's drastically different enough personally. It counts. It's least favorite fine. and favorite, though, from you. What do you think? My, my most favorite is Basculegion. It looks great. I mm-hmm. love it. Evolving mm-hmm. it is an absolute nightmare. If I have to do that again in another game, I might throw my controller at the wall. <laughs> okay. For the uninitiated, you have to take recoil damage to evolve but you have to survive the recoil damage and you have to take a total of like 300 298 or something like that and it it takes forever with double edge and it also has a signature move that is a water-based one that does recoil i can't remember the name right now you take like 25 each hit and it's like i'm gonna lose my mind (laughs) but it felt like it took longer than it should have yeah, the least favorite though, I, I mentioned it on the podcast proper, is probably Electrode. I really like Voltorb and I like the idea of it, but Electrode missed the mark completely. Fair enough. I'm not going to argue with you about that here because I argued with you about that there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I think my favorite, I'm going to start with my least favorite. I think my least favorite is probably. And I hate to say it, but Ursaluna. That's fair. I'm, I, I like Ursaluna, but I like all of them. It's just my least favorite one because it makes it look a little bit dopey. Its face is weird. Yeah. It looks like it's about to cry. Yeah. Or Ursaluna is missing just a little bit of something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it needs like an aura or something. I'm not entirely sure. Like like moonlight, something yeah, like that. I don't know. Like Ursa Rain looks has a, has a look on its face that Ursaluna is just missing as an evolution, I think. Yeah, Ursaring looks like it has intent and Ursaluna looks like it just wants kind of to passive. sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think my favorite actually might be the Braviary. I think it looks gorgeous. I love the colors on it. You All know, right. the headdress is cool. Big did fan. We say, did we say Wordier earlier? I don't remember if we yeah, said Wordier. Yeah, I did. Okay. I mentioned that one too. Okay. I mean, I, I like Wordier Bra- as well. Braviary I think it's definitely good. top three, um, but the beard is so good. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like Braviary. It is it is good. It is. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, all of that being said, I think we can kind of wrap it up here. So final thoughts, spoiler filled. What, what do you think? Any closing thoughts on this? I'm assuming our overall score for the game isn't going to change from our. Yeah, no, there's no, no score here. It's just how I felt. And I thought it was an amazing experience for the first week. I could not put the game down. I brought my switch with me to work. I ended up having to stay home a few days from work for other reasons, and I just played Pokemon. Perfect it's, timing. Even when Sword and Shield came out, I did not play Sword and Shield like that. Whenever I wasn't playing it, I wanted to be playing it, and that's about as positive an endorsement as I can give, I think, to a game. That said, how would I rate it amongst other Pokemon games, I think, is an ultimate question here. Okay. I think it's my second favorite Pokemon game of all time. And that begs the question, the first is? <laughs> the, my first is still Emerald. I okay. think it's hard to beat the traditional format. And I think if this game was a traditional format for the story and the world, but with the style of Legends Arceus, it would have been the greatest Pokemon experience we've ever had. And I really would love to see this as Gen 9. Let me do my eight gyms and my elite four and fight my evil team in this world. And I would be so happy. I'm with you there, too. I think I want this to be a learning experience for the Pokemon team that having seen nothing but really positive feedback for this game in general, that I hope that they run with it because despite the fact that Sword and Shield had record sales, there was lots of negative Ah. sentiment. Fun fact. Pokemon Legends Arceus is the fastest selling Pokemon Switch game uh, of all time right now. Good deal. Six That's and great. a half million versus Sword and Shield six in the first week. Jeez. Holy so cow. Now, whether it'll have the legs to stay, that's harder. Obviously, I don't think it's going to compete in the long term. I think Sword and Shield sold like 32 million or something. But sure, sure. But I hope it's encouraging enough for them to to be more risky with their mechanics, kind of like they were with the wild area. The wild area was the part that people arguably talked about the most. It's what created the most content for content creators that were on Twitch and things like that. And I feel like Legends Arceus is just that, but on steroids. Right. And that's good. So Mm -hmm. very, very positive experience for me. I think it is number one, even over crystal version. I'm so sorry, crystal version. All right. If it that's if I strip out the once in a lifetime experience that I had with it the first time, nothing is going to replace that magic for me. But this definitely came close. But if I have to look at it objectively, RCS is a better video game. All right. Now, here, let me ask you a question, because we live in this age of Pokemon. Okay. DLC or no DLC? That is a great question. I think DLC based on sales. I don't know what they would do. Probably another area and some new Pokemon like they did with Sword and Shield. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the counterpoint to that. We're already based on an existing map. You know, this is Sinnoh just broken into five zones instead of routes. So it's harder to do a plus one zone. But I agree. It seems crazy to think we wouldn't get a dlc with how much this sold unless they were really dead set on it being a fixed experience which could be the case in which case i think that they'll probably have to ride the hype and make some sort of teaser about another game like this coming out if they don't do the dlc yeah Uh, either way we got to see a pokemon announcement coming soon with how successful i think rcs is 
I think so, too. Even if it's just like, a, yeah, we heard it. Uh, we heard you guys. We're going to do another one of those. OK, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, be super happy with that. But I do want it to be like a modern storytelling in the main series game timeline. Very much so. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right. I think we've talked about this quite a bit. So we hope that you enjoyed this content of us discussing this brand new game. I know this is sort of not really par for the course for us. Like we didn't talk about Pokemon Snap. We didn't talk about uh, Sword and Shield. We didn't talk about any of that stuff that happened while we were doing this show. But this game in particular seemed monumental and game changing, for lack of a better phrase, uh, for us that we just had to talk about. And by that, I mean, like, Kyle's like, we need to talk about it, which (laughs) to me is like, oh, we should we should do that. Because usually I'm like, hey, can I borrow you for an hour? And he's like, we got it. We got to discuss this. So thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye bye. Bye.